Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. We're so glad that you can join us. I'm joined here by Carolyn Thomas and Jude Whitehouse. We're going to be talking more on our topic of strong, capable and excellent women. Last week we talked um, in more detail about what that looked like in our life, um, in, in the everyday life, you know, that she's generous to those in need but in her also in her relationships. She knows her value. She's at peace because she has faith in God, um, all sorts of good stuff like that. Um, we're going to be talking more about what that looks like in the everyday life in this podcast. So her speech is uplifting. You know, she's an in, a comforter and encourager. She speaks words of life, of wisdom, not foolishly or shallow words. You said, Lena, we see in, you know, you talked about, what did you say, like uplifting, uplifting speech? Uplifting, yeah. comforter, encourager. And if you look at that again, the Proverbs 31 woman, verse 26 said, she speaks with wisdom. And faithful instruction is on her tongue. And I think that's really important that, you know, uplifting speech, speaking with wisdom is, is thinking about what you're saying and thinking before you open your mouth and speak. I know that mm. often I don't, you know, open my mouth to change feet type thing. And, you know, you always have that like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. And so I think, you know, really relying on God as well in your relationship with him. And just as you grow in maturity is just having that wisdom to you know, when you speak, it's uplifting. And also wisdom to know when not to speak mm. and when something needs to be said, maybe and doesn't need to be said. And it goes on to say, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. And to me, that's a mark of maturity. The Bible talks about, um, you know, if you mature, you should be able to be teaching others. You know, and Paul talks about by now, you should be teaching others, but, you know, you're infants or whatever. And so I think that's a mark of maturity, just having that wisdom and speaking. And if you are speaking uplifting, speaking with wisdom, then people are going to actually take note and start and listen to you as well. And I think that's important as well. Yeah, I know for me, um, learning to use my voice and speak with wisdom as well, the hardest part I find is actually keeping my mouth shut in times when I do actually need to just end that conversation or end and end the discussion or... I've told you what to do, Jude. Tell them. <laughs> what? With the... To keep your mouth shut, what do you need to do? Oh, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Put your foot in there? No. <laughs> Go into the bathroom and stick a towel in your mouth? Yes. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so that's... But once you learn to do that and you actually do it <laughs> and keep doing it, you learn that, you know what, it actually works. <laughs> like, you. Yeah, I'm trying to find figure out how to explain it, but um, also keeping your mouth shut gives you time for God to speak to you into what to actually say instead of just saying it for the sake of saying it yeah. or yeah. saying it out of reaction. Yeah. I'm very good at reacting to things and I'm also learning not to react. But um, as I've said before, it's like a journey for me that, yeah, not just reacting but taking that time to go, okay, Lord, how am I supposed to respond here? Whether yeah. it's a good discussion you're having or if you have an argument with your husband or your kids are playing up and you don't know how to deal with them, like how do I react in this situation? So, And for me, sometimes it's a minute-by-minute minute thing. Isn't there scripture as well about being quick to listen and slow yeah. to speak? Hey? Yeah. And um, if I can read to you from, from 1 Timothy, because this is like a parallel verse to, to the Proverbs woman. And it's talking about, um, you know, older woman as well teaching the younger woman. 
and it says here as well, um, thus they bring judgment on themselves because they've broken the first pledge. Okay, it's talking about the younger woman maybe that want to marry and stuff. And then it says, besides they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. And that ties in as well with the whole um, having purpose and being diligent and not wasting your time and just really that as well. So, yeah, just watching what you say and not talking nonsense. And I've also learnt from my husband, <laughs> he's not the biggest talker. He won't just sit there and talk the weather with people. He finds that rather frustrating. He only talks if he actually has something to say. And so, and I'm learning that from him. I'm sure he won't believe it's a good me. good quality, But it's true. Right? But it is a good quality, yeah. He... Um, you know, some people say, oh, you know, he, he doesn't talk very much or I've actually had people think that he doesn't like them because he doesn't talk to them. I'm mm. like, well, he actually only talks if he's got something to say. He doesn't just talk for the sake of talking. So and that's good. He's yeah. considering maybe, you know, you know, some people like that are considering their words or whatever. Yeah. Mm. I was laughing today about how when I was in primary school, it was always marked down because I was quiet because I wasn't like all the other kids. I'm like, how is that a bad thing? Yeah. I'm listening first. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's true, <laughs> is because yeah, You can teach me how to do that. <laughs> not always. Yeah. Not, <laughs> don't always do it. Yours is probably a wounding, Lena. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say anything. I've got nothing joke. to say. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and also, if you want a bit more detail, we did do a really cool podcast on godly speech. Last year, so you can yes. check that out on our um, on our podcast stream. All right, um, she takes initiative. She's a leader. She's able to use her intelligence, which I love, to pursue, <laughs> undertake, and succeed at plans to provide for those around her. So this, like this chick, Proverbs only one chick, actually has her own businesses separate from her husband, which I love, and I love that you know she has intelligence that's celebrated, championed. Use your initiative, be a leader in every area of your life. And I like what you, you know, that like you're saying use initiative and stuff. And, and that's what we've also got to remember as well that I don't know if it's slightly off topic here, but just thinking about using your intelligence and whatever. You know, when you're a really baby Christian, the Lord will do a lot more for you or, you know, give you a lot more instruction. But as you mature, he expects you to actually yeah. take initiative for yourself and you know, there may be times when, okay, yes, we certainly want to seek as well, Lord, should I do this or that? But there's a lot of times we're saying, I actually don't mind which way you go, you mm. choose. And so really to have that maturity, to use your own initiative and, and not to be scared maybe to step out, um, you know, and, and do things. That point was so brilliant. They were stunned into silence. <laughs> yes. I know <laughs> <laughs> um, what I also like about, being a strong, capable and excellent woman is that you are fun, interesting and willing to try new things? No, well, I think I'm a strong, capable woman. I'm not yes. willing to try new things. <laughs> well, I'm a bit of a growth and stretch to be like, you know, get kicked to... off the cliff and then I'll... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll you're not excellent in that area yet, Carolyn. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's a work in progress, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah, so there's always, um, yeah, we, never we say never at... to God, hey? Yeah, I, I like the Proverbs 31. It talks about how, you know, she imports like foods and cloth and things from afar. Mm. And to me, like, well, what's 
the deeper thing behind that is actually that, you know, it's not just she goes along with what she's used to. She, you know, she steps outside her comfort zone and yeah, tries new things good. and that's an attitude more than just what yes. she's feeding her family. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was – a couple of years ago for my husband's birthday, I organised to go to this um, property and we did – What's it called? I don't. I forget the actual term for it. So forgive my suburban language. But we went cattle, like rounding uh, mustering. up, mustering, which you know I'd never done before. And you know you have to ride a horse and amongst cattle, and then you're out there it's with this scary. with yes. this farmer guy, and you're like. You know, doing the mustering. noises <laughs> to make the cattle go in the direction you go. I was going to say, what was the noise? Which I'd never done before But my husband was really keen on horse riding And I wanted to give him something different for his birthday So I went out and did that And it was amazing I love that I came back wanting to be an actual country girl girl. (laughs) Yeah, and have my own farm But yeah, anyway Um, But you know, that's that's the attitude that I want to have In in my life in every area That I'm going to step out and try something new Even if this could go horribly wrong because it could be awesome. <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing, though, because we will never fully step into things because um, God's got these plans that are more than what we could imagine. I think if we're not prepared to step out into our comfort zones, out of our comfort zone, yeah, then we won't probably ever mm. experience, you know. And as you say, that thing of, and I think that's what God delights in doing, it could go horribly wrong because it makes you trust him. You have to trust him. It's yeah. like, okay, God, I'm doing this, but if you do not show up, it is going to go horribly <laughs> wrong. But that's what step of faith. And, he, yeah. you know, he seems to delight in doing that. Like he wants us to take that step before he'll often maybe show, you know, if he's given you this whole plan before, then it just doesn't require any faith. Mm. Yes, I'm still learning to walk out of comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all. Really and all. Then, we get com- <laughs> then we get comfortable yeah, when we're out of that. You get used to it and comfort. And yeah, so I think it's just continually yeah. throughout your life being stretched and there will always be a new one. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, just talking about um, being scared of getting outside of your comfort zone, I just read something uh, probably about yeah a year ago, but it spoke about presumption. And how often, you know, and I've been guilty of this where I will use that as an excuse. Well, I don't want to be presumptuous and say God is saying this or whatever. And and sometimes that presumption is actually disobedience. It's not even presumption because, you know, I'm making an excuse for not obeying or not doing something because like, oh, no, I need to really be sure it's God telling me. Mm. And, you know, I have to watch that and see, am I on the edge of disobedience or is it really just presumption or am I using that as an excuse, you know? Um, so I've got to be careful of that as well because I don't think God is going to get annoyed with me if I do step into what, you know, something and at least I've given it a go, whereas I think he'd be more annoyed with me maybe having the excuse and not ever not doing, doing it. it. So it's just to get that balance, eh? Mm. Mm. Speaking of balance, I think that we are aware of the balance between rest and being a hard worker. So we tend to our responsibilities um, well and able to, you know, um, be wise with our time so that we rest. But that I think sometimes too that we, you know, when we're talking about the demanding life that God has for us, at times it is demanding that we'll cut into our own personal rest is it going to be a cost involved and we're willing to sort of shoulder that and move on so like there's a balance that we can rest and work hard 
but also know that sometimes the hard work comes at a cost. But you know what? I think people have a, long, a wrong concept of rest because when we say rest and, and what you're saying there, you know, it can cut into our time is we mostly see it as a physical thing. Yeah. And rest actually, the scriptural rest and stuff means going to going into him, pushing into him, getting your refreshment from him. So you could actually be having no physical rest. Yeah. yeah. Not that I'm advocating that. I mean, you have to have it. But there can be times when, like you say, intensely busy and not having it. But you can be so rested and so refreshed. Mm. And I think it's really recognised, is true rest me lying for three days on the couch watching TV? That's what how I might see it. Or I might still be flat out, but I'm actually even more rested because I'm pushing into him and that's yep. where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. It's that him. concept of rest. Definitely. Well, yeah. there's nothing like you spend five minutes journaling, having yeah. a real good chat. Then spend a day watching TV and see how you feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, between yeah. the two. Yeah, and I think that's important. So it's it's fine to have the other, but not to just get that mixed up and, and not really know what true rest is. Okay, so we've come to sort of the end of our sort of list of um what it can look like to be a strong, capable and excellent woman in the in the day to day life and to cap it off the the most important thing is that, you know, she has a heart for Jesus, yeah. which we've we've already spoken about. So now we wanna do something a little bit different. And um we wanna talk about some of the women throughout the Bible and um just just history who really inspire us. Um because we wanna show that these are, you know, real women and we are excellent, strong and capable and these women exist and they're not fiction. They're actual real people. So girls. Well, they were real people. Well, were still, but they might are, be some are um, living, some, some yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, grandma. <laughs> uh, girls, take it away. Well, what do you want to do? Yeah, go, yeah. Jude, go. Okay. Um, when I was first thinking of women in the Bible and then women of history, and then I was thinking, women of history, well, the woman that I think of, and when I think history, I think someone who's dead, but this woman's far from dead. Um, and Christine Kane, she just blows my mind away. If people don't know who she is, she um, she's a pastor with Hillsong Church. Her, her and her husband are probably more well-known for at the moment A21 campaign that combats human trafficking. But she was actually... The first lady in my life that ever saw preach, which was on a DVD that a girlfriend of mine has. I've never seen a woman preach. I've never seen a woman talk about God the way she talked about God, um, about her relationship with God, about the struggles she went through in her early life, um, through sexual abuse and um, later on in life finding out that she was adopted and how she dealt with that and that it didn't actually floor her because she knew who her value was in Christ by then. So she knew that even though on her birth certificate it she she didn't even have a name, she had a number. number yeah. That's all she was was a number that it didn't – sure it would have knocked her and sure it did knock her but it didn't floor her because she knew who her value was in Christ. And I'd never even heard of having a value in Christ. I'd never heard of any of that. And so, yeah, it just like opened my world right up um, and – you know, she's an she's an everyday mother of two who wants every other woman in the world to to take the the role of a woman of Christ and run with it. Um, you know, she but she started 
out, like a lot of people think of ministry, oh, it only starts when you're doing the big international stuff. Your ministry only starts when you're out big. But she started serving in her local church, um, cleaning the youth hall because no one else would clean it, cleaning the toilets. That's how she started. And then she became a youth pastor and she started running a youth organisation in Australia. And then um, I think it was only about seven years ago that, that her and her husband, Nick, started the A21 campaign and, and working with that. And so, yeah, she just – and it doesn't matter – like I follow her on, her on Facebook and and I see what her schedule is and she's just like go, 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 go. And she's got two beautiful daughters that she's bringing up amongst all of this and learning all this and they know, you know, know their value in Christ and that hasn't stopped her. Um, like I've said previously, you know, God doesn't give you kids to – to stop you and you just have to be a mum. It's not a separate compartment. No, They've no. You've got to be it's, part she's, of that, yeah. She just kept living her life because she knows that's what God wants her to yeah. do. And she's got an unbelievable schedule and she just goes and she's, it doesn't matter where she's speaking, what she's doing, she's still saying the same stuff and still believing the same stuff and still preaching it to people so that until they listen. Like she, she doesn't give up. Yeah. So to me, she's just... And and what you said there about, you know, people think ministry starts whatever. You only get to there mm. by all the years. It's like we don't, you know, you don't disappear on the scene after 20, 30 years. That's, that's been right. happening in the trenches, if you like. And mm, there are right. so many and women that we don't know said, about. And that's just yeah. that's been going on. So anyone that's up there at the public platform yeah. has gone through mm. 20, 30 yeah. years. And that's what she said. I haven't had an international there. ministry for 22 years. Yeah. I haven't had that. 22 years ago, I was cleaning toilets in the youth yeah, hall. Like it's not. But what I'm saying, yeah, like mm. it doesn't, if you're not prepared to do that, that's that right. apprenticeship, if you like, you won't ever get there anyway. Yeah. 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 And there's so many. And that's the thing she talks about. There yeah. That are doing that. And yeah. that shouldn't just be an encouragement for yeah. everyone. You know, if you see them up there, they did start off mm. where you might be now. Yeah. And, and for me, I grew up in a traditional um, family, Christian family. Um, but I'd never seen women in a role of leadership. Yeah. I'd never, I didn't grow up like that. Yeah. And so for seeing that, it was just. That inspired you. Yeah, yeah. it really yeah. inspired me. And yeah. Yeah, that's good. I've got lots of women from the Bible or a couple, but. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Um, and and each one of them inspires me in different ways, and be, because it, it's usually because it's a certain quality which I really admire or which I really hold to to be really important, and I value that quality. And yep. so so for me, one of them is Sarah, and because mm. she left all that she knew, and you know, we hear about it, but we hear mainly about Abraham. Uh, but you know, she went through it with them as well. She had yep. to leave, and I, I think this I really identify with this because we've done the two immigrations as well and and mm. you know it's often harder for the woman because we're more relational to leave behind home and comfort and everything you know and to go off onto this journey and you know so I really identify with her because that's what we've done I mean we immigrated you know first we went to the UK you know to apply for our Aussie visa and then came to Australia but both times we landed we knew no one we knew you know nothing and it was scary. You know, I can remember in South Africa just before we left um, in the last week, I was just hanging out some washing at night and I just looked at the moon and I just thought that's the same moon that I'm going to see later in this week in England. And it was something I sort of held on to. And, you know, when I got there as well, the Lord gave me the scripture one morning of um, 
even if I settle on the far side of the ocean, even there your right hand, you know, will guard me and that. And so I really identify with Sarah and, you know, even, you know, David was reminding me the other day we were talking about because he's got the teaching on the spiritual warfare and everything and he's, you know, writing a book based on all that now. Well, it will be a whole series of books. But, you know, and he sort of said, oh, well, you know, the women's team might have to go and teach warfare somewhere. And I was like, and he's like, you lived through all of this with me. It's as much in you as it is in me. And I, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's why I identified Sarah so much. She lived through all of that with Abraham as well. So, you know, that's for me, that's just this personal sort of thing. And then another one is is the mother of Jesus, Mary, because I just think what an amazing, humble mm. heart she must have had. And the thing that's always struck me about her is when, you know, the angel came to her and said, this is what's going to happen. I mean, if I, you know, in this day and age to be, you know, pregnant outside of marriage and stuff is acceptable now. But even, you know, in that day, it would have been such a huge thing. And she didn't even make excuse. It was like, okay, let it be unto me according to your word. And that is the one thing that's Mm. always really struck me, just that absolute obedience and and just the attitude of heart. So that's what I really admire in her. What I was going to say about Sarah too is that, you know, she had her ups ups and downs and we can focus sometimes too much on her downs, but, you know, like Abraham was the one who received the promise from God. She wasn't even there between the conversation, but she still clung onto it, even though she wasn't in that conversation. You know, she still had the faith to sort of stick with that, even though she didn't get to be part of, which I think is pretty awesome. Hmm. So I was reading about um, Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. Yes, who was pretty cool. Um. So for those who don't know, um, Eleanor's husband was President of the United States um, in the early 19, well, 1930s. Um, And why I think she's so cool is um, she was First Lady and is one of the the first people to sort of take that from sort of a a social role to a person who actually used that position to sort of affect social change. So, you know, she did the official entertaining and that sort of thing. But, you know, she also, she held press conferences. She travelled to, you know, parts of the country. She gave lectures and radio broadcasts. And I just think that's really amazing to to shift that role and recognise it, that that's a place of influence that she can use rather than use that is like just social entertaining um and you know she equipped herself so well that it got to the point that when after her husband died she was sort of like well my story's over sort of thing but she was actually after that um served in the united nations which is yeah i think is pretty spectacular Mm. that's cool Another one that I really like, I'm sorry, mine are all barbel. <laughs> don't apologise. I don't know how you pronounce it, but Jael or Jael. Oh, Jael. And she she just was so courageous, was right? She I just had her. the courage to do what needed to be done. She was bold and she was brave and I love yep. that because Israel had been, a, you know, oppressed. You know, every time they turned away from God and went into sin and then were under oppression for 20 years and they cried out to God. And at that time, Deborah was the judge in Israel and, there was this Cesaro, whatever, this excuse my pronunciation. He was the, the commander of the army that was oppressing them. And um, so, you know, they went into battle and stuff. 
Barack was supposed to go and he said he wouldn't go if Deborah didn't go with him. And so she said, okay, that's fine. But, you know, the victory's going to go to a woman. And and she let, he came into her tent and she gave him milk and obviously, you know, I think she probably had something in it and, you know, he went to sleep and then she took a tent peg and just, like, put it right through his temple. And, I, yeah, I think that really gels with yeah. me. But... Yeah, <laughs> it's scary just, being in the room I right just, now. Yeah, I just love though that she <laughs> just that that having the courage to to do what needs to be done. And I mean, she yeah. must have felt really scared. You know, we don't get a lot of narrative in what they're feeling, but I mean, that must have been pretty scary and gruesome. But just that this is what needs to be done. Yeah. And the same person as well with that again. It's that loyalty and and no excuses, Esther. Like if I perish, I perish. That's the part yeah. that jumps out to me as well when she was going to go to the king and she hadn't been summoned. And, and just what I love about it is just her total acceptance of her role, accepting that there's a divine reason for her, her position at that time where she was. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what I admire so much, just acceptance of that. And that's what I would aspire to and I'm often full of excuses. But just that acceptance of your divine purpose and, and you know, that, that's what I want to really do. And, um, you know, another one, my last one is Ruth, her loyalty. Because to me, loyalty is very important. That's like something really key. If you're not loyal to, loyal to me, I'll probably hold it against you for the rest of your life. But, <laughs> you know, I have to work through that. But really, a loyalty to me is very important. And, and she showed that loyalty when she yes. didn't have to to Naomi, her mother-in-law. And, you know, she came out the statement. She And she had been raised, you know, not as a, you know, not following the, serving the same God. And she came out that statement, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And I think that just, as I say, stands out to me because of the loyalty factor. And, and we've got to realize all of these women, they're just ordinary women who served God wholeheartedly. Yep. And then they, there was the extraordinary courage, extraordinary loyalty and hearts because of their humility before God and just being prepared to do what they had to do. Mm. So those are the women that inspire me. Well, I'm sure there are... You know what? Before we end up, I'm going to say one more. Because I thought this was really cool. Um, I started listening to this history podcast and I've been thinking about writing about Rosa Parks. And then that very day that a Rosa Parks podcast came up, I was like, oh, how awesome. So Rosa Parks um, is famous for refusing to give up her her bus seat in the coloured section for a white person. Now, this is in the United States. Um, So she's famous for that, but she was actually a a lifelong civil rights activist. Um, You know, she supported her husband as he defended wrongly accused African-American young men um, at the risk of her life, which I think, you know, it's pretty amazing that, you know, to the extent that he couldn't tell her who else was, you know, in the, the legal team sort of thing because it would put too danger too much danger on them, but she just, you know, wholehearted support, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, she actually went to jail for, for standing up and saying, you know, that's not right. Um, you know, and she, she stood up for her civil rights and the civil rights of, you know, the people in the face of sort of violence and social ostracism. Um, you know, she was what, to the extent that, you know, they went through some financial difficulties for a long time because of, you know, what, what she did. They were unable to get work and things like that. So I think it's pretty amazing that she stood up for what was right at great personal cost because she knew it was right. 
And I think that's important, being prepared to pay the cost because there is a cost, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. We're going to wrap up our podcast there. We hope you enjoyed listening. Um, We will see you next week with – we're going to be talking next week about how to develop strength and capacity uh, in our lives to be amazing women. So if you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on www.life-house.net or you can look us up on Facebook. See you next week.